0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the show. It's episode 346. It is November 8th, 2022, and I'm excited about today's guests. We've got a pair of them coming on the show, uh, representing University of Pennsylvania, the Penn RTC, and at times they probably blend a little bit together. They both have backgrounds in in both, so let's, let's not waste any time. Let's bring it on. It's Roger Raina, head coach at University of Pennsylvania, and Brandon Slay, at the PRTC, of course, an Olympic gold medalist and twenty twenty guys. Thanks for joining us. How y'all doing today?
1: Doing great, Mark. Good to see you. Thank doing you. well, Mark. Thanks. All right,
0: um, and Brandon. I know we were just, just talking briefly, but I kind of want to. I want to get back to the story. So you just went to Kazakhstan with Joy McKenna and Tyler Berger, and and I've been there once. We were talking the worlds were there in twenty nineteen in Astana, Nur Sultan. <laughs> turn back to Astana. But you were in Almaty, which is a capital city. Um mm-hmm. what did, did you fly there or did you drive, you know, once in Kazakhstan to and from uh wherever you flew to.
2: So so there's uh the two biggest cities in Kazakhstan are Astana as you talked about, formerly known as Nursultan, and then Almaty. And so there's no uh there's no kind of like direct flights from Germany into Taraz, Taraz city where we wrestled. So it really was an adventure uh, to get there because we arrived Frankfurt to Almaty, and then Almaty we had to either catch. There's one flight a day, which Joey and Tyler were able to catch on, on their journey because they left about a five days before me. But then when I got in, um, I wasn't able to catch that. So it's a six hour drive, six to seven hour drive from Almaty all the way to Taraz. So it was, um, and on the way back, all of us had to do the same thing. The tournament was over, and it was over about 5 p.m., so we couldn't catch the flight. So Tyler, Joey, and I, we jumped in a minivan with some guys that uh, didn't speak very good English, and we just kind of hoped that they got us to the airport in Almaty. But, you know, thankfully they did, and, you know, it was a, it was a great trip.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm, just, I'm curious about the drive, and I want to talk about the wrestling, too, obviously, but Is it mountainous? Is it flat? Was it nighttime? Could you even see what what the terrain was like? Was there anything around in between these two cities? Or is it like barren?
2: Yeah, so the drive on the way back is that they told us it would take about five or six hours. And our flight was at 4.40 a.m., which is an adventurous flight time, right? Yeah. (laughs) So we leave from Taraz, and there's definitely mountains, and we just found out it snowed yesterday. So we missed the snow by a couple days but there are definitely some really high mountains. Uh, so we could see those at the beginning of the drive. But then, then we realized pretty soon that we weren't going to drive straight. We stopped in this little village, um, called Kular K U L A R. I think. And, uh, one of the wrestlers, he said, Hey, we need to stop by and see my family. What? <laughs> so we stopped by, they had this big dinner planned, this huge dinner. And we were there for like two hours. And I was like, Oh my gosh, hope we don't miss our flight. And, um, joey's wrestling with some of the kids and they end up giving me you know this this big kind of robe kingly robe to wear and just their hospitality there is is off the charts just every single time they bring you into their home it's always like a three-course meal and they they definitely honor honor us as americans which is special but fortunately i was like hey we got to go if we're going to make this flight and then once we started driving clear was pitch dark mark yeah. Getting all the way to Almaty, and and uh, there was stretches of road where you could go approximately eighty miles an hour on the highway, but then it would be dirt roads for a couple miles, and then you could get going on the highway again. And then there would be dirt roads, so it was definitely uh Again, I just said it was it was an adventure, but yeah, but we. So,
0: um, Astana was like a modern city, right? Buildings, electricity, like all, all pretty much all the modern things you would Im- imagine. What was this little? what what was. Ter- the city you wrestled in like? And, and what was this little village like? Were they like kind of more desolate and remote and less modern for a lack of a better yeah, word? Taraz,
2: Taraz was, I would say, definitely a much, much smaller town, not as many people, um, no tall buildings. I think the tallest building I saw there was maybe, it might've been one of the churches or mosques. So call it like three stories, maybe three or four stories. So there wasn't a lot of height in the city. And um the average the fans that were coming were just the the clear the people there in Taraz. and they were telling me that the average person makes about 200 dollars a month so like anytime you gave somebody a tip it made me think of Cuba a little bit right totally different cultures but if you're in Cuba the average person makes 40 bucks a month you know so anytime you give somebody you buy a coffee right and you give them a couple extra bucks or five extra dollars like it totally makes their day so uh, big turnout though. We had a lot of fans there. Lots of kids, little boys. You know, it's an Islamic culture, so respectfully, you know, there weren't a bunch of little girls in the warm-up area wrestling room. It's all little boys, but there were probably be like fifty of them. And every single time Joey and Todd would wrestle, I mean, they would just surround them, <laughs> you know, and they would just be hello. You know, they wanted to speak English with them. And after every match, they would follow them into the arena, and um, it was really special. I feel like that's how we were able to to really like our mission of the PRTC is to enrich lives locally and globally through the sport of wrestling. And I told Joey and Tyler, "said look, I know that this could be maybe a little stressful here and there with all these kids, but they've never seen an American and who knows they may never meet an American. Right. So let's just really, let's just treat them um, with respect and let's make sure that we make them feel special. And our guys did a fantastic job of doing that.
0: That's, that's really cool. That's like a different, uh, you're going to wrestle and win, but the part you stated, right? Part of the mission of the PRTC—that's like a different reason or a part of your reason for going, which I think is interesting.
2: Uh, were you guys the only Americans there? Only Americans, Mark, and 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 you kind of know this. You alluded to this, but there's not that many tournaments in Kazakhstan. So you know, I, I've been coaching freestyle specific coaching for Team USA since 2009. And during that whole time, the 40 countries I've been to, we'd never been to Kazakhstan. So that was a that was a new experience for us, but it was a great tournament. So it was just filled with wrestlers clearly from Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Tajikistan um, Mongolia, um, Uzbekistan. I mean, it was really mostly all the stans, you know, yeah. in Mongolia. So the, they they clearly know how to wrestle. So it was a great tournament. So I was proud of of how Joey and Tyler both competed.
0: Yeah, and just maybe you know being proud of them, but. Wins, losses, I think, were these maybe second and third? And I saw that picture of you in the robe, P.S. We don't have to dwell on it, but it, it was hilarious. Um, uh, but yeah, how did, how did they, you know, how, where did they finish? And more importantly,
2: how did they compete? So both of them uh, made it to the finals and both of them brought home a silver medal for Team USA and, and the PRTC. And we'll start with Tyler first because he started wrestling first. But a lot of people don't know this about Tyler, but that was his very first international competition ever okay you know he went overseas with jordan burroughs to serbia as his training partner but this tournament in kazakhstan was his very first time to compete for team usa like in a tournament like that so he won his first four matches the the wrestler from kazakhstan he beat in the semifinals was their number one guy who's re- who wrestled in the world championships for them so that was a big win for tyler and then we we went there to wrestle some of the best wrestlers in the world so Tyler had the wrestler from Kyrgyzstan, um Ahmad Aliyev mm-hmm. in the finals and he was silver in the worlds, second in the world in Oslo and a U23 world champion and and he actually only lost to that Japanese guy who won the worlds this year. He lost to him 10 to 10. Um, and was beating him, you know. He lost in the last 10 seconds. So that guy is clearly one of the best in the world and Tyler got ahead 6 to 2, gave up a couple exposures which you know he's going to learn from, but definitely a winnable match. So for him to wrestle him in the finals and and have that experience to bring home a silver, I think, was fantastic for Tyler. And then for Joey, his first four matches, he scored 41 points, four and zero points against. Um, he teched everybody and used a, a bunch of different scores, high crotch, single legs, wizard kicks, um, gut wrenches, laces. Just wrestled great. And then he had the wrestler from Mongolia, who was third in the world, in Oslo. And so, again, great opponent. Um Guys kind of really short, stayed in a three-point stance a lot, didn't come out of the stance really at all. And Joey just he kind of struggled to open him up and and end up losing four to two. So he brought on the silver medal, but again, both of them I thought learned some fantastic lessons. And and I send them all the information, my takeaways to Coach Bill Zadik, Coach Joe Russell, and I sent that to them yesterday because they're all at the national team camp mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs right now. So they can they can go right from Kazakhstan right into national team camp and start. Start working on these important areas of concentration.
0: Sure. And I wasn't too clued in that that Tyler was even at the PRTC until I I I just said <laughs> on this tournament. And I clearly he was a, a training partner at Jordan's, and I'm I'm guessing there's some connection there. But when and how did that all take place? You know, him him moving over from I think it was in California.
2: Yeah, he was wrestling for the California RTC. And I think the story is the PRTC, we've been, you know, had our eyes and heart open to adding another wrestler. And so we were looking at potential 92 kilo, maybe 97 kilo guys. But then when I, I met with my team and I asked them what they thought, um, Mark Hall was one of the first persons to speak up. And he said, hey, Coach Slay, you know, for me, I would rather have a 92 kilo or 97 kilo. That would be best for me. But Joey's been here longer than all of us. And he wrestles 145 and he always has to wrestle up. Against Dave McFadden, Jordan Burrows, and myself. And so I think we should look for somebody for Joey, a 70 kilo. And I was just really impressed with Mark's um, maturity and kind of selflessness in that.
0: Yeah.
2: And the rest of the guys um, echoed his sentiments. And so then we started pursuing a 70 kilo. And just so happened, you know, we're not, without getting a lot of detail, is that um, the California RTC, they brought Ryan Beacon in, mm-hmm. who's also 70 kilo. Yeah. <laughs> and so Tyler Burgers there, 70 kilo. So it was just a, uh, we we thought an opportunity to call him and see if he'd be willing to to look other places, and because of his relationship with Jordan Burroughs, right? Um, yeah. Tyler Russell, Nebraska. Him and Jordan have trained many years together. They have a great great bond. That he was willing to come out and visit us and get to know our culture. And so after that visit, I think he was uh, he was really excited with the opportunity to join the PRTC. So you know, he joined us um, in the beginning of September and his first his first job was to be Jordan Burroughs training partner in Serbia so he went to Germany went to Serbia and he got to see the world championships firsthand which i think is fantastic experience for him and then again this was his first tournament to compete for the PRTC and and first international tournament so bring home the silver i'm proud of him
0: yeah good for him and 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 like you said that experience right it's not like going to budapest or or somewhere in france it's like it, it's a whole different world so the wrestling on top of the the life experiences is probably really good for them. Um, I want to talk to Roger too. Now you know Brandon's over here doing this international travel with these guys. You're over here on the other side, getting the getting the college team ready for the season, right? And I know you had a, a you were coach for a while, then then you weren't. Now you're back to coaching. How much different or similar is what you've done? I don't know, I'm guessing from October through you know I guess preseason, right? Till now, how much different is it now from early days as a coach and and maybe the adjustments
1: you've made yep yeah a good question Mark thanks um, you know our preseason our guys have been working super hard and, and you know going back to Brandon's uh, teams at Penn you know like um, they work super hard too right so work ethic is work ethic and I think that's kind of timeless <clears throat> I think so you know some of the changes you know just as as technique kind of cycles through. Um, you know, clearly, uh, you know, there's a lot more scrambling now and ankle passing and, um, you know, some different things we need to work on be cautious of, you know, how we're finishing, you know, our leg attacks that way. Um, you know, we're trying to incorporate more, uh, more sparring and play wrestling, which I think is, you know, kind of trending. Um, you know, so, you know, we look at the drilling, we look at escalating that into play wrestling, play wrestling, escalating that into, into sparring and then into live, um, so I think there's some of that, um, you know, that's evolving, that's really beneficial. And the guys really like it. Right. So um, but at the core, you know, like, uh, you know, Brandon and I have talked about and and we echo with our coaches, you know, throughout our, you know, our Philly ecosystem here is, you know, we're the caretakers of these guys dreams. You know, is the way I look at it and the way we look at it. Um, and And that's you know, that's you know, that hasn't changed a bit. Sure. Right. So people commit to come here, you know, whether it's our senior guys like, you know, Tyler, who just came on board or whether it's our college guys that are committing and coming on board. I mean, they're trusting us with their dreams, their careers. And, you know, that's uh, every bit the same as it ever was.
0: Sure. And obviously, I haven't been around the Penn program in a deep way, but I do know that a lot of, you know, and maybe this is the the play wrestling and sparring is part of this, but I feel like. There's also a trend of like, hey, we don't need to go balls to the wall, foot on the gas, like as hard as you can in October and November where where maybe that was the way in the past and they were either trying to get guys mentally tough or or break them or weed out, you know, the guys that don't really want to be there. But maybe in the end, you were like really overworking and overtraining some of the guys that didn't need all this through March, and I'm I'm curious if 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 there's a, if you guys back off at all at the beginning of the season compared to where you were. Again, I don't know where, where we were training when, when Brandon was in school, but I know that's a trend I'm hearing uh, a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really funny you you asked that because it's literally you like you're reading my mind. This is what I was thinking about driving in this morning, which is. I think we're in really good condition. You know, we open up this weekend at the Journeyman Classic and then we host the, you know, the PRTC hosting the Keystone Classic here, you know, coming up on the 20th. Um, we had some wrestle offs this past weekend and just evaluating our conditioning. I-, I think we're in really good shape for this time of year. So that's really not a concern. Um, you-, you know, I think we're not wrestling a- as much live as we were, you know, during Brandon's days on a regular basis. That volume isn't quite as high, but I think the conditioning is where it needs to be. Um, you know, I think our strength training, um, you know, there's a higher level of science going into the strength training, um, today than there was, you know, like, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, and so, and yet you wonder about this mental toughness piece, right. (laughs) Which is developed through the grind, right. Are we doing enough of that? Are we, are we going to be mentally prepared? So I feel we are, um, you know, we've got ten returning NCAA qualifiers in the program. you know, last year at this time we had two, right? So you know we're you know, much more experienced, you know, than we were a year ago this time. Um, so that should lend to confidence and and mental toughness. Um, so I think we're in a really good position, but yeah, we, you know we are, I think changing with the times um, and certainly keen not to overtrain, especially early in the season. Um, but we know, you know, mental toughness in our sport, especially collegiate matches, seven minutes or longer, you know, is a huge part of it. So uh, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm really uh, pleased with our our culture, the development of that um, with the college team and overall, um, and uh, and our guys are really excited. I think we're tired of wrestling each other. We want to go wrestle somebody else,
0: right? I, I hear that. Um, there's been a, a a noticeable uptick in the, in the last several years with with University of Pennsylvania, the the PRTC, you know, you coming back, Roger, Brandon getting involved and, and, you know, bringing all these great athletes and and the college team on that upswing as well. And you mentioned went from two returning qualifiers to 10. Are are you happy with where you guys are and, and, you know, what kind of goals are ahead of you?
1: Yeah, yeah. so, you know, I'll speak to the collegiate, you know, side of things, um, you know, I, I think we're on track um, for sure, and, and we put some pretty aggressive goals, ambitious goals, in front of the program. Um, you know, obviously we were sidelined uh, from an to two NCA tournaments in a row, right? One which got canceled entirely, and then you know the Ivy League presidents coming together and and uh, unanimously deciding, you know, not to compete that season. Mark, we you know we were really fortunate in, in a sense because um, we were such a young team in such a young program at the time. We we had literally 18 guys take a leave of absence from school during the COVID year. And we just, you know, we focused on freestyle and we wrestled a lot of freestyle, Um, you know, between the UWW juniors and and the U23s. You know, we had three successive top five finishes in the nation for the PRTC. So, you know, we started to see that as a leading indicator to college success, um, producing a lot of All-Americans and quite a number of them in the top three you know, at, at these freestyle nationals and we love freestyle, right? So it was in a way it was kind of cool that, you know, we were able to focus on freestyle for an entire season as opposed to what typically happens. You know, you come out of the NCAA, you know, championships and you got a few weeks, you know, to get ready for the open or UWW juniors and, you know, maybe seven or eight weeks for the U23s. Um, So we tried to take advantage of that and, you know, kind of, you know, turn lemons into lemonade. And and I think our guys did a really remarkable job with that because, you know, last year, this time, again, for comparison, you know, our team was unranked, you know, and and um, as we marched through the season last year, we kept climbing. We never dipped lower in the rankings. We just kept climbing higher as the season went on. And, you know, I think Flo had us at 13th at the end of the season in terms of dual meet rankings and um, and rankings aren't everything, right? You know, we just want to keep getting better, faster, um, but we're starting at a, at a much different position this year with a lot more uh, experience under our belts. Um, And we see some really good teams early in the season. You know, we see a bunch of big team, big 10 teams. You know, we're going to see Wisconsin in December. We're going to go out to Iowa and wrestle in Carver Hawkeye, you know, at the end of November. And then, you know, the Keystone, which we're hosting here, you know, we've got the traditional teams that that have competed. Some of these teams have competed in all 26 of the Keystone classics, every one of them. Um, And then we've got Arizona State coming in. We've got Virginia Tech coming in. So, you know, we're going to have some really good opportunities, you know, Early in the season for our guys to test themselves and, and keep climbing this mountain.
0: That's great, uh, Brandon. I'm, I'm, I'm like a lot of people. I want to talk about Jordan Burroughs, right? And and yeah, he's he just won his seventh title, and that's amazing. And I mean, there's a whole million directions you go go with talking about this guy. But I'm curious, like you're his coach, and, and you definitely bring him advice. And um, with a guy who who has so many skills how do you where do you determine this is what i'm gonna focus on with him or these are this you know the things he needs to improve on or or however you want to get better at or focus on um yeah how do you determine that i mean and and go about (laughs) implementing those things because obviously everybody's got
2: flaws and everybody can get better yeah i think that's a that's a great question and before i kind of answer that i think it's just important Um, for your listeners to to know and remember that Jordan's first year on the world circuit was 2011. And he ended up, uh, a lot of people perceived upsetting Nick Maribel to make the world team that year. And then he went on clearly in the world championships in Istanbul and and won his first world title in 2011. But that period of time, I was part of our national coaching staff with Zeke Jones. I was the assistant national coach. And I I share that just to say um, that... It was an honor to be part of you know every single one of those world championships or Olympics in Jordan, and I was part of those training camps. I was traveled to the world championships, the Olympics yeah. in twenty twelve, um, every world championships all the way until the Olympics in twenty sixteen. Which, by the way, I got a chance to experience his success and takeaway from London, and also the failure, and the takeaways from Rio. So, as a coach, I was able to take all that stuff in all those years. So the relationship that I've had with Jordan, it didn't just start, you know, at the PRTC when he showed up here, Yep, (laughs) you know, a couple months before Oslo, you know, in 2021, (laughs) I mean, that's been going on for a long time. And I think that was a big reason why he trusted us. You know, he Mm -hmm. trusted me to move to Philadelphia and start training. And I share all that just to say that it's just important to know that that relationship was there because without that relationship being there for all those years, I would say, you know, my ability to coach him and impact him, and the ways I'm about to share with you would not be as high. Sure. And then when you first, you know, when you first get him here, I think the temptation is if a coach is, uh, my guys hear me say all the time, you know, ego is the enemy, which is actually a great book by Ryan Holiday. It's called Ego Is the Enemy. And I think it's tempting to think, oh, I'm I'm Jordan Burrow's coach now. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Um, I think it's tempting to maybe, you know, try to put too much on you so you could get props. Yeah. And I try to do the exact opposite. I tried to just say, look, you know, I know Jordan, I know how he wrestles. Uh, The idea is that you you essentially have this Maserati here, right? And it's already running really, really well. So you don't need to come in and like change the tires and, you know, put a new engine in it and all that. You don't need to do that. You know, you just need to find some, some little ways to tweak it to make it run, you know, at a little higher level. And so, you know, my thing for him was that I think Um, You didn't ask me my opinion. Yeah. No, but I think his matches against Kyle Dake and even one of the ones I coached him over in in Rome against Chimizo, I think he was really starting to wrestle too, too forward and backwards. And he wasn't wrestling in angles as much. It was almost like he was just relying solely on his straight shot, a straight double, and he wasn't using his hands. He wasn't being physical enough. He wasn't creating angles as much. And I think that was kind of holding him back. You know, I think you look at his matches against Kyle Dake. It's like, he's just chasing Kyle Dake around and just shooting straight shots on him getting caught underneath. Right. One of Kyle's best positions. Yeah, for sure. And I think that was, you know, that was what was holding him back a little bit. So what I did is that, you know, as a coach that I I took him and, I just said, look, we're going to start working on creating angles better. We're going to look at snap posts. We're going to look at snap elbow pass. We're going to start moving the guy's head, armrest on his head, and putting him at angles, which I say is, you know, we're going to take him to California. We're going to take him to Philly. We're going to take him to California. We're going to take him to Philly. Just those angles, right, east and west. Um, and then the more, the better job you do of that, I think then that's going to open up more of your straight shot. So I think being physical with his hands was something we were able to add. And uh, when I say sting him with your hands and I think he he really started doing that and and I think you see the motion um that he created the last two years specifically over in Serbia I mean if you watched him wrestle those guys he was they were falling all over the place right I mean guys were like they were dropping down to all their fours when he would fake. I mean clearly you saw that one guy from Bulgaria on the edge you know do his Michael Jackson kind of interpretation <laughs> where he was like you know almost falling and he just, his movement um, and how he how he created angles and moved his opponents, I think, was stellar in Serbia and and I believe um, that he scored more points and was more offensive in that World Championships as a 34 year old than he's ever been. You know, in all of his other World Championships. So, and, and again, that's not you know that's not a praise to me. It's really a praise to him that as a 34 year old, he's still willing, Mark, to get better he's still willing to be coachable. He's still willing to take wisdom and wise counsel. Because we know in a lot of sports, I mean, I watched some other sports interviews with athletes, right? I mean, they, they're, the ego is the enemy. They think you can't teach them anything. They're one of the best. And there's a, there's a lot of arrogance that comes from that. But Jordan, Coach Rainey can attest to this, is that he's one of the first people to ask questions. You give him advice, he always takes it in. He's just so humble and always wanted to learn more and be a student of the sport. And I think that's why he has seven gold medals.
0: And I've seen that, right, And when I'm at training camps or whatnot. He's the last guy in the room, and he would sit with Manning and Snyder, and now you or Bill or, or whoever, and you see the wheels turning. And one thing I noticed, and I, obviously I'm at a, a small fraction of, of the, the workout or, or training sessions, but, but you know, the, the difference from college to international is these college guys are competing. You know, once we start here this week, or it's just like all the time, right? So you're probably – wrestling live more often or or doing conditioning more often um and i'm thinking about the structure of a an rtc practice or even you know maybe it's more individualized for a guy like jordan who's 34 35 versus a, a tyler berger somebody's a lot younger so i'm curious you know how much time jordan spends um working the these tactics or techniques versus mm-hmm. like Hard training, whether he it's to get ready for a competition or just like, it, just because he doesn't need the miles anymore because the tires at some point are going to go, they're going to get worn out.
2: <laughs> well, I would say I don't, I don't necessarily train Jordan so much. Um, I don't train him that much differently than the rest of our guys. Sure. Um, but but I would say in general, freestyle parterre is important. So Mondays, we spend a lot of time at Parts Air, a lot of time in live Parts Air, you know, takedown to turn, which in my opinion, I learned this from Dave Schultz, I mean, through Coach Reyna, that as he got older in his career, Parts Air became a lot more important in the game, right? I mean, it's, it's, a lot, <laughs> it's a lot easier to take a guy down and turn him a couple of times than have to get, you know, four or five takedowns. Yeah. So that's another thing as a coach with Jordan is that we're going to spend a lot of time um, helping him become more dangerous in parterre. And and you saw that he almost had that, that takedown to lace in the finals against the Iranian. So he was working hard to thread it. He almost had it. And if he would have gotten that, he would have teched the guy. Um, but we spend a lot of time in parterre on Mondays, Tuesdays. We typically, it's probably, I would say our hardest day wrestling live because we take Wednesdays off totally off It's recovery day. Thursdays. We do mostly sparring in areas of concentration um, that that are important to each specific guy, and then Fridays is his match day. So, um, and that doesn't change, you know that that much. I mean, that's that's in many ways that was the schedule that I was on when I was training for the Olympics when Kevin Jackson was my coach. So, I, I think these guys they don't need to be on the mat five or six times a week. You know, if you're an eighteen year old, nineteen year old, you're a college wrestler. Um, you know, your body can handle that. College wrestling matches last a lot longer. We know freestyle matches will never last more than six minutes. Right. So in many ways, I, I feel my job is to coach these guys to be more quarter horses and college coaches in general, they're coaching their guys to be more thoroughbreds. And sure. I think you have to um you have to manage those two types of horses accordingly. And and I think I think Jordan's enjoyed not just Jordan, I think the rest of our guys, Joey McKenna, Tyler Berger, Dave McFadden, Mark Hall, and Jordan. I think they've really enjoyed, you know, that system.
0: Sure. Um Roger, you know, the the keystone classics coming up i think you said the 23rd or, or 26th of the year why is this important for you guys to to have an, an early season tournament why, why do you like to continue to have this event
1: yeah it's a uh, it's an event i think that we've celebrated for you know for obviously quite a number of years 26 years and uh we created the event um to be able to host our own tournament um it's a great opportunity for all our families you know to come together mark particularly you know the the families of the freshmen that come in for the first time to see their, their kids compete. Um, the palestra is a, is a really exciting place to compete. It's a, you know, it goes all the way back. Greek word means house of wrestling. It's something that's very <laughs> special here as an arena, you know, in our region. And um, so to have all of the, you know, the, the guys on our team compete because you know, we're not traveling, we got no travel squad limitation. So every single guy on our team gets to compete and all those families and parents get to come together um, they have a lot of fun. We're we're really thankful of our parents. They run, you know, what we think is the best hospitality room of any any tournament in the country. So, you know, everybody eats well and and but we share this community, right? For the first time um for so many parents coming in and, and meeting the returning parents. And so that's a big part of it. Um, you know, and for us too, you know, to to host, you know, something here in the pluster, it's it's really special this college tournament, but you know, we've hosted many conference championships, EIWA championships. You know, we've hosted three of the college all-star meets, you know, and setting record attendance, you know, along the way, which has since been broken, but that's great. You know, we hosted the world team trials twice in freestyle at the senior level. We hosted the Olympic team trials in freestyle. I mean, it's been a, you know, a place that's hosted some major wrestling events over the years. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're hosting the EIWA championships again this March in the palestra so really exciting and all those returning ncaa qualifiers know when they're going to compete you know at home and then uh you know and then bringing the ncaa championships the d1 championships here to philadelphia in 2025 so you know so it's about celebrating our college community and and uh getting everybody on the mats you know to wear the red and blue but it's also you know about bringing another major wrestling event you know here to the philadelphia region as well
0: yeah and palestra meaning house of wrestling there's only you know there's a statue of gable outside of carver gallagher Iba gallagher was a wrestler i'm probably missing maybe one or two maybe not where where there's an actual arena like somehow attached to wrestling how did that come to be where the 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 arena or that that building uh, on your campus is called the palestra the house of wrestling how did that where that come from
1: you know it's an old it's a greek word you know referencing uh, arenas so it was built in 1926 and at the time was one of the largest indoor arenas in the world, seats 8,800 people, almost 9,000 people. Um, it was also one of the first uh, where the architects came in and built a, an arena with unobstructed views. And interestingly, it was the same architecture firm you know, that some years later went up and built a very similar shaped arena in state college you know called rec hall same <laughs> architects right really so at the time yeah so at the time it was a you know very innovative um arena that uh that they reached back into you know the the olympic ancient games of greece and and named it um named it the palestra so brandon wrestled there quite a bit of times it's uh <laughs> how would you describe it brandon you know it's a echo chamber some would say the acoustics <laughs> are unique you know, like how do you how do you describe it to the fans?
2: I just always saw it as a very historic arena. You know, Coach, when I wrestled, you were you were my coach at Penn. Um, Mark, you can run around the arena. You know, there's like a, a cement floor, so we used to do a lot of conditioning, running. You know, inside around the arena, and then Coach would run us up and down the stairs inside the arena. So we ran around it for conditioning. We ran up and down the stairs inside of it all for preparation to maximize our ability to wrestle in it <laughs> once we had a dual meet or once we had the EIWA championship. So I think it's, um, I think it's one of the most um, special arenas to wrestle in, in the whole entire country. So, you know, we look forward to having the Keystone classic here uh, November 20th.
0: Yeah. And now that you use, you, you talk about the, what, I think the architect who did that and then recall that like, now I think about them. I'm like, yeah, they're, they are similar. There are these, these concrete, floors were like Mm -hmm. the not the stairs you sit not the steps you sit on but the steps you go up are like Mm -hmm. concrete and similar so Mm -hmm. I I see the similarities now. And Mm -hmm. and I I, you know I obviously haven't been to all the events you guys mentioned, but I've been to the I think the EIWAs, I've been to the All Star, I've been to Penn events. Um Mm -hmm. and thinking about the All Star which is back. You know, what what were your guys' memories of the All Star back in I don't know the 70s, 80s, 90s, and how prestigious it was until it went away in like, I think it was 2018.
1: Yeah, I think we hosted it um, you know, in the late 80s and the early 90s, twice, you know, kind of relatively, relatively uh quickly back to back. And then we hosted it again in in 2014. Um, you know, and for us, you know, like when you think about this, you know, this region of the country, Mark, where you know, we've got the, the largest um, youth league in the country, the ICWL. It's called the Inner County Wrestling League out here in the Philadelphia suburbs. Um, You know, we've just got thousands and thousands of, you know, youth wrestlers and their parents and, and their coaches and then middle school wrestlers and high school wrestlers and, you know, more division one programs collegiately in Pennsylvania than any other state. Um, And, you know, the highest density of uh, RTCs in this region as well. Right. So, you know, at every level of wrestling, you know, there's just, it's just rich with, with wrestling fans. And, um, and so, you know, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, when you do, you know, you guys do that heat map of where the NCAA division one qualifiers come from, you know, like we know they're right here in our backyard. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's connecting, you know, the opportunity to come watch really high wrestling, uh, high level wrestling with, you know, with this surrounding community, and they're eager for it. Right. And knowledgeable fans. And so, um, you know, all those events, I think, are great ones. I love the all-star meet. Um, you know, I think the NWCA, you know, doing so much to serve the sport of wrestling, you know, bringing that meet um, back, I, th- I think, is a really great thing. I think it's a really special, you know, opportunity. Brandon wrestled in and himself, you know, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, really good match, important match against Jeff Catrabrone of Michigan back in the day. I think that was up in Buffalo. Yeah. If I remember Right. That's right. Good memory, coach. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I think it's a special event. I think it's an event that the athletes and the coaches involved with it, look back and, and, um, you know, really realize, Hey, that's a marquee opportunity.
0: Yeah. And tell me about that, that match Brandon in 1998. <laughs> if I'm just going off memory here, uh, maybe <laughs> February 2nd in Buffalo attendance, right around 3,300, <laughs> not, not reading off a of sheet or anything now.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I had Jeff Catrabone, who is, since, he's, he's, he's a great buddy of mine. You know, now we see each other. Um, it's just great memories. But I wrestled him the first time in the NCAAs the year before, in okay. 1997, in Cedar Falls, Iowa. I had him in the quarterfinals. So, you know, Penn hadn't had an All-American since 1966. And here's this match. If I beat Jeff Catrabone, then um, that drought will be over. And so, uh, to add some add some more uh, intensity to it, and we were tied, and we went to overtime. So sudden victory, first takedown wins, and I'm sure Coach he may have been more nervous than me <laughs> that match, just because so much was really on the line. And and I got him to reach. Um, he came out of position. I hit him with the double leg. I took him down, and and you know won that match, and and you know humbly became Penn's first All American in, in a long time end up finishing second in that tournament. And then going in to the next year, that all-star tournament is that I was really excited that I was going to get a chance to wrestle Joe Williams. So it was marketed Joe Williams, Brandon Slay, all-star duel. I prepared for Joe Williams. I was ready to go wrestle him, you know, beat him. And then it might've been like a week or so he pulled out. So they inserted Jeff Catcherbone, you know, and so here came down to it and we had another close match again. There was about maybe 15 seconds left and I had to get a takedown to win and and I got him to reach again. I double legged him again, so uh, to take him down and beat him. So we've had some uh, we had some great matches. I feel like I've seen you hit a double leg once or twice <laughs>
0: before.
2: You know the Keegan's Catcher Bone. I always tell people he's he's one of um, he's one of the best riders that that I've ever seen in college wrestling. Uh, you know that my senior year in college, he rode out Joe Williams the whole the whole two minutes you know, at the NCAA tournament, just phenomenal on top. So the key to beating Jeff Katchewan was always if you could get out, you know, if you could get out from him, you had a chance to beat him. But if you couldn't, it was a challenge. So being able to escape him was the key to be able to beat him.
0: Sure. Gosh. So there was a drought from a 30 year drought, roughly, um, with, with no all Americans. And to,
2: yeah, I think to, it was to, 1966 and coach will know this better, but there's 1966, I believe to 1997 Mark. I think that was the, That was the difference.
0: Okay, yeah, just over just over 30 years. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, either of you, did you think you'd be in the position you're in today, considering where you were at that time? I was like an All-American is like (laughs) unheard of in the last two or three decades to now where you're thriving, the best wrestler on the planet, training in your room and and you have ten NCAA qualifiers in the lineup. Are you surprised that, that that you guys are in this position now, considering where you were then?
1: Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and start, Brandon, and then kick it to you. And, um, But, you know, for, for us, Mark, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, our program went through a time, you know, like a lot of programs, which was really challenged in its existence. You know, I was a sophomore on the team, and our athletic director, you know, brought us in, and, and we were really wondering if, if wrestling was going to continue at all. You know, and and so this was back in the 80s, and I think uh, you know, kind of the first wave of the unintended consequences of Title IX, and and a lot of people didn't really understand what was happening at the time and what the issues were. Um, but fortunately, you know, we've got this you know long list of alumni. the The very first collegiate tournament, a lot of people don't know this, but the very first college tournament ever was held on the University's Pennsylvania Pennsylvania's campus. Right, 1905, the precursor of the EIWa. So we've got this tremendous history. We're in this tremendous hotbed, um, and and our alumni really stepped up at that time, and uh, and the program was maintained. And and then uh, you know I had the opportunity to t- to take it over at a really young age, 24 years old, and. and <laughs> you know at the time you know had no fear which was great but also had no idea what i was doing which wasn't great yeah so you know truth truth be known you know there was a lot of learning on the job and um and then we had an opportunity you know with with Foxcatcher starting out here to start meeting some of these top wrestlers in the world so you know you talk about you know best wrestler in the world right now here in our backyard well you know, one of the reasons Brandon came to Penn is we had Dave Schultz in our backyard here, a great friend and incredible technician, brilliant, just brilliant genius. And, um, and we had a lot of those guys to learn from, you know, Jim Humphrey and Brian Dolph and Dan Shade. And, you know, it kind of had an RTC thing going before there were RTCs, mm-hmm. really. Uh, and that, you know, was, you know, was kind of catcher. And then, you know, when that, ended tragically and you know a wrestling community we all friends you know still suffer from and nancy and her kids and um and yet you know that the wrestling community rallied in a way that is just remarkable and those within the community know you know the fabric of it you know so we came together and formed the dave schultz wrestling club and you know then for three olympiads um including brandon's uh you know trip to sydney where there were three Dave Schultz Wrestling Club guys on that Olympic team, you know, with Kerry Colat and Heath Sims and Brandon. Um, And so, you know, I I think along the way, the journey from, you know, from my perspective was, um, you know, was what if we don't limit ourselves? You know, what can we accomplish if we don't put any limits on ourselves? You know, and, and our program back then, you know, Brandon, you know, blazing trail on it, you know, we broke into the top you know, 20, and then the top 15, and then the top 10 in the nation. And, you know, when ran broke through, you know, I think it, it led to, you know, kind of the dam breaking, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, where other guys who were doing the same things he's doing in the training room, were like, wait a minute, you know, like, he's doing it, I can do it. And then, you know, literally, we had multiple All-Americans on a regular basis, um, you know, over a period of time. And, you know, for me, when I stepped down in, in 2005, it was, i was in my early 40s i was just you know focused on my kids and i felt this chapter of of my life professionally had um had been completed and closed and you know i never anticipated you know being come you know in a position to come back and take the program over and so i'm surprised to be in this position (laughs) in a way um and yet i've never been more excited you know like the what we have built here and many people have put together you know this philadelphia wrestling ecosystem is absolutely phenomenal um and it's multi-faceted I'll, I'll let brandon speak a little bit more about kind of the leaders involved with that um but when i got asked to consider you know coming back and taking the program back over was to be able to work with brandon on a daily basis as he was running the rtc and and matt valenti you know who wrestled here at penn um i recruited him and now he's my boss right <laughs> overseeing the sport of wrestling i mean I, I'll let Brandon speak to it, but it's just this moment in time that it just seems to be like incredibly special. And so I'm, I'm just really grateful that that we have the chance to work together. But Brandon, let me, uh, let, me let you take it from here.
2: Yeah, I, w- I would echo those things that Coach said. And you asked Mark, is this kind of what you um, thought would happen? And in many ways, you kind of asked, was this the plan? Yeah. And I would say, when I chose to come to Penn, I wasn't necessarily shocked because, you know, becoming second in the nation, per se. And I say this humbly because that was the goal. Um, The goal was to be the national champion, right? But the goal was to become a national champion, All-American. And so, you know, when that happened, uh, my junior year, I mean, that was part of the plan. And, you know, when Coach recruited me, I I knew at the time Penn was one of the top universities in the nation. Wharton School of Business was the number one undergraduate business school in the country. That was really appealing to me. Sure. which is why I chose Penn. Yes, I had the opportunity to come out and train with Dave Schultz on a frequent basis, phenomenal opportunity. Um, but people at the time were like, well, you know, Brandon, you know, the University of Pennsylvania, I mean, they're they're not even the top 40 in the country. Like, why would you choose to go wrestle for that college team? And because Coach Trainer, though, he had a vision, and he wanted and planned for Penn to be one of the top teams in the country, and I believed in that vision. And so – for that to start happening, um, that was part of the plan. And I think for me, one of the most rewarding things, there's lots of rewarding things. But after I graduated, to, to look back and cheer for pin Wrestling, and I know when I got done that next year, they had three All-Americans in 1999. And then in 2000, Brett Motter goes and wins the NCAA championship. Right? It went from not having an All-American <laughs> in over 30 years to now Brett Motter's the national champion. That, to me, warms my heart because that's a that's a huge team effort. That's a huge community effort, and we know the community matters. And so that was the plan back then. And I think for now, with Coach Trainer coming back, once he made that decision to do that, and then once I made the decision to move my family from Colorado Springs, Colorado, to run the PRTC, I mean, the plan is, I mean, we didn't, we didn't choose a, as coach always says, we didn't choose RTC light. Like, if we're going to choose to build this RTC, like we're going to go big and we're going to try to build one of the best RTCs in the whole entire country. As connected to you know, two Division One programs, that that with Penn and Drexel are choosing to try to build some of the top teams in the country. So, um, you know, having having these guys choose the PRTC, I would say it's you know it's been again humbly it's been part of the plan, and we're just a, we're just in this next phase. You know, originally when I took the job, there was uh, Richard Perry. When I showed up in Philly, he was the only senior level athlete we had. So we added in weight class order: BJ Fatrel, Chase Pammy and Dan Valmont, and then there was Richard Perry, so that was the first four. Kind of called the first original, like, four horsemen you yeah. know, that I was coaching. You know, and as they kind of retired and moved on, then clearly the next phase was we had Joey McKenna, and then Dave McFadden joined us, and then Mark Hall joined us, and then Jordan Burroughs joined us, right? And then now we have Tyler Berger. So, you know, right now we have five full-time senior-level athletes, and you know, the plan is to continue to grow, to continue to expand, to continue to have more success on the mat, but I would say, Mark, most importantly for us is to continue to grow our culture, which is genuinely caring for each other, uh, which is living out our values of, of faith over fear, full effort, struggling well to serve others. And our guys are doing that. And I think if any, you know, Mark, you include, you spend time with our guys, you hear our guys talk, you see how they act. Um, they live those values out. And, and uh, I'm just, I'm proud of, of, of who they are as men absolutely you
0: you guys are doing a phenomenal job in that front, and you you went from um Richard Perry and then you add you had three guys and then they kind of <laughs> move on and now you're up to five is is there like is there a goal inside or is it just to grow it? Is it we want ten guys or fifteen or or however many, or is it like hey, we're just trying to
2: accomplish these things, and the number
0: of guys isn't as important
2: no it's I would say the the exact n- number per se it's not like our goal is like oh we want 10 guys it's it's more of i would like to have a guide each of the olympic weight classes mm-hmm. which I mean, right now unfortunately there's only six right i mean we know that there needs to be more weight classes but I mean, we would like to have a guide each olympic weight class i mean right now we're we're definitely would like to add an, another you know a big guy at 92 or 97 kilo We're probably the next weight class um, it's not a shock that we would go and, and look for potentially a 57 kilo But having multiple, um, you know, guys on the team that represent all the Olympic weight classes, you know, that's important to me. But again, more importantly than that is, is this the culture and the, the leaders in our board keep telling me over and over and over, Brandon, the most valuable thing that the PRTC has right now is the culture. And so before we're not just going to add a guy just to add a guy, if they don't fit that culture, Mark, um, we're not adding anybody because. I mean, right now, that's the most valuable thing we have. And so we're not going to add anybody unless we know we know uh, that they're going to fit our values and they're going to fit our culture. Sure. And, and PRTCs,
0: I don't know if they're sponsoring or putting on the Keystone Classic, but or run, it's run by. And what does no. that, that mean? Is you guys organizing it and helping get the table workers and, and everything else? And I know there's a, a collaboration between the, the, the college programs and the RTC, but I was just curious what, what that entails.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll take that one. This will be the very first time, marked at the PRTC that we're going to take over the Keystone Classic. Okay. And by the way, we're just really excited that Flo is going to stream this tournament. Thank and you. we just believe that there's going to be um, a lot of people watching this event. As Coach mentioned earlier, to have Virginia Tech, you know, Arizona State, you know, coming to this event, uh, there's going to be you know, three of the top teams in the whole entire country that are competing there. In addition, including Drexel and Duke and Harvard and as Coach mentioned, right, some of the teams that were there from the very beginning um, 25 years ago are competing. And I wrestled in the very first Keystone Classic, and Coach didn't really – Coach started the Keystone Classic. And we kind of laugh because I remember um, that very first tournament, I said, Coach, I remember thinking, like, you haven't even had this tournament yet, and you're already calling it a classic. (laughs) 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 Right? And so he is prophetic because here we are. um, We're about to have the 26th. Annual Keystone Classic and and the PRTC, you know, we took it over, Mark, because we just um, we we believed that this was an opportunity for us to diversify our revenue, and and potentially make the tournament even you know even better. Um, in all due respect to the people who have, who've run it in the past, but um, for for us to to use our community and use our platform to get the word out to hopefully maximize ticket sales. Because, you know, all the the revenue generated will go to our Olympic Training Center. You know, we'll help fund Joey McKenna, Tyler Berger, Dave McFadden, Jordan Burrows, and Mark Hall. And potentially adding more athletes down the road. So, you know, we're just really blessed that that we have some really generous donors supporting the PRTC. But I wanted to be able to go to those donors and say that, hey, uh, we're not just expecting donations. That we're going to step out um, in faith and we're going to try to diversify the way that you know, we bring in revenue for this you know rtc and so the keystone classic hosting that running that for the first time this year that's our way of you know of doing that so if somebody
0: wants if somebody's in the philly area or close enough and they do want to buy tickets which is important you guys how can they get some tickets to the pr excuse me to the keystone classic
2: <laughs> coach you can take that one
1: yeah yeah we posted uh you know both on you know Penn athletics you know, Penn Wrestling's page on Penn Athletics, Mark, uh, you know, ticket sales link. And it's also on the PRTC site, uh, which is PennsylvaniaRTC.org. And, you know, we take walk-ups, too. Um, People can save money, obviously, by, you know, getting their tickets online in advance and save time. So we encourage that. Um, You know, I think uh, it's going to be a tremendously exciting event. You know, with with our team, our our returning NCAA qualifiers taking the mat at home for the first time. We got Arizona State coming in, Zeke Jones coming in, and you know <laughs> Zeke was the head coach at Penn for three years after I stepped down in my previous stint. So that's going to be cool to have Zeke back in the house and. You know, Virginia Tech coming up. Tony Roby's team's always tough. You know, plus this traditional returning field with Appalachian State and Duke and Harvard and Ryder University and and as Brandon mentioned, many of these teams have been here all 26 straight. Um, you know, coming back saying, hey, you know, as long as you'll have us, we'll keep coming back. And you know, that's that's the kind of tournament we want to run. And um, but just uh, you know, to celebrate this with uh, with our surrounding community is something really important to us. And um, six mats running at the same time, um, streamed on flow. Uh, I think it's going to be a tremendously exciting day. It's uh Sunday, November 20th. Awesome. Well, hopefully
0: people, people in the area can get a cheesesteak and make their way over <laughs> to the Palestra. Um, cause it is, it's an awesome place to see, to see wrestling event. I've been, to, I've been to several there. Um, it's what the house of wrestling, I think you said it was, which is awesome. And, uh, I, I just really hope you guys are the best and I hope a ton of people show up and, and that's, the fact that the there's a good amount of teams that have been there every year for 26 years you don't you don't see that hardly ever so I think I think that's fantastic.
2: yeah one thing mark too that I wanted to share this is really exciting I'm just thankful that Jordan is willing to do this but every single person that has a ticket to the Keystone he's going to be doing a clinic that day at 11 a.m. So for all the youth wrestlers, middle school wrestlers, high school wrestlers, if you have a ticket to the Keystone Classic, you're going to be able to come and listen to Jordan Burrow and teach wrestling and speak for an hour and a half, which um, a lot of kids don't get that opportunity. So I would say definitely come and watch some great college wrestling, but also come and, and learn from one of the best wrestlers of all time. and And I just want to thank. Be able to make that possible. Like Rudis is our tournament sponsor, and okay. so uh, for Rudis to be able to sponsor the Keystone Classic and and create this opportunity for Jordan to impact, you know, these kids' lives in a positive way, just we're really really thankful for that.
0: Um, and as important as learning wrestling moves, in I also know what kids like. They can they can get autographs and selfies afterwards. I'm assuming, uh, right? Uh,
2: Jordan is always very uh, you know amazing. very uh, willing to
0: do that. Super gracious with his time. He's mm-hmm. One of the best we've ever had on the mat and off, with everything that entails. So, um, you guys got a win, you know you got a winning solution, top to bottom, left to right, and, and I like and I love what you guys are doing and, and the culture you've created over, over there. And really, we're we're running, we're running right at an hour. So, I'll give either of you guys kind of the final word to say anything you might want to say about really about anything, but then we'll, we'll let you move on
1: with your day.
2: Go ahead, coach. You have anything?
1: Yeah, I just you know like appreciate you know the opportunity you know to to share this with you know the folks listening on flow and and again you know to to stream this out you know on flow as well as people to see it in person and kick off you know the early part of the NCAA season with with what we feel is know one of the best you know best tournaments in the east is just really exciting. I'll point to one thing here, you know, and Brandon mentioned it very early. I'll close with this: is um, you know, the mission of the the PRTC, you know, is to is to positively impact lives, both locally and and globally. So here's Brandon, just back from Kazakhstan with Tyler and Joey, you know, and those kids surrounding these Americans, they've never seen an American before, <laughs> you know, and here, you know, like a couple of weeks later, you know, we're rallying the Beat the Streets kids in Philly and all the surrounding wrestling community locally, right? So, you know, it's not just talk or, you know, words on a board, right? I mean, this is, we're living it. And uh, that's what we want to do with our values. So I'll just close with that.
2: Yeah, and I'll just say, you know, Mark, you know this, these RTCs, um, they're all nonprofits. And the only ways they survive are uh, generous donors commit to funding the mission and values of these regional training centers. And for us, you know, we have the ambassador campaign, which I believe all of our guys are ambassadors, representatives at the highest level. And, you know, we have a campaign going on where, we're trying to raise, uh, you know, a million extra million dollars over the next year and a half and, and additional dollars so we could potentially add more guys. So we continue to grow. Like you asked me, we want to yeah. grow. That growth only comes from support, you know, adding more guys, travel around the world. We can't go to Kazakhstan and do the things we love to do, you know, without support. So um, our ambassador campaign, if you want to learn more about that, it's on our front page of PennsylvaniaRTC.org. And so we really appreciate people considering supporting our mission and values.
0: All right. Check it out. PennsylvaniaRTC.org. Coach Reyna, Coach Slay, really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, Continued success with everything you're doing uh, Mm -hmm. at the University of Pennsylvania and the Pennsylvania RTC. Thanks, Mark. All right, guys. Thanks thanks so much. Have a great day.
1: Thanks, Mark. Have a good day.
0: All right. You too. All right, folks. Another awesome show. Um, Really covered a lot of ground there from, from Kazakhstan to Pennsylvania. And, And all across the world, and and the Palestra, really excited for their event, the Keystone Classic. That comes up on November 20th. You can get tickets at PennsylvaniaRTC.org, and you can catch all the action live right here on Flow Wrestling. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.